Hello, hello, and welcome back to my podcast. This is the second episode of Is This Real Life with Lindsay Marshan. I swear this is like take five at this point, so we are hoping for the best right now. Um, I was trying, last episode I did it, and this episode I was trying to do like a no script, just kind of free balling, but if any of you know me, I go off on way too many tangents to be doing all that, so had to write a little bit of an outline in my notes, and here we are, back, take five, final take, let's do it. Um, so I had a poll on Instagram about what I wanted, like, or what my followers would want to hear from this next episode. And we kind of decided on talking about self-worth today. Um, very excited to hop into some other topics down the road, but today is self-worth. I feel like it's a good starter for a second episode. Um, it's very much an umbrella topic, can mean a lot of things. So just wanted to hop in. First and foremost, why am I talking about self-worth? I'm talking about self-worth because honestly, I think it's really important. I think there is a lot of skewed ideas about self-worth and what it looks like. I think there's a very fabricated idea in social media that it looks like, you know, drinking your green juice, which let me preface, I do that every once in a while, but I don't all the time. Like, I feel like people think it's a lot of like having the perfect fitness regimen or having the perfect job, the perfect place to live, um, anything that falls under that. I think it's this idea of perfectionism and it's really like stripped away from what self-worth really is. And I think it's caused a lot of anxiety in today's society. Um, People always feel like they need to have their life together. They feel like everything in their room always needs to be clean and you know, their Instagram always needs to look perfect or they need to have the perfect photo to post. And that's kind of where they're rooting all of their self-worth in. So overall, I feel like that's why it's a very important topic to discuss because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Self-worth is a lot of healing. It's a lot of going through real, real stuff. You know, it's about having a bad month, year, etc. It's not always about being in the perfect relationship or having the perfect outfits or the perfect body or the perfect this. So yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it today. So next I will kind of hop into what is self-worth to me. I kind of touched on it just a minute ago, but I think that self-worth to me personally is where I spend my energy, where I, my time, where I put my efforts, um, whether that be job-related, relationships, friendships, um, school, etc., fitness, all those things. But it's not necessarily meaning that those things are what fill up my cup of self-worth. It's the attributes underneath them. So how those things make me feel is where I'm spending my energy making me feel good, is who I'm spending my time with making me feel good, is who I'm in a relationship, friendships, etc. with making me feel good. Uh, I think it's a lot about assessing yourself and taking inventory on different attributes of yourself and trying to always elevate those and expand your knowledge on certain things and make sure you're doing the healing. And and in biggest terms, I would describe it as becoming your own friend. I feel like if I asked a lot of you right now, are you friends with yourself? What would you say? You know, I feel like some of you would kind of have to think about that and be like, oh, maybe I'm not. 
And if you don't know the answer to that, then think about it. How you treat yourself, would you want your friend to treat you like that? Would you want your best friend or a partner, etc., to treat you like that? And think about that. Like, I feel like that can be a very hard question, but it also can be a very enlightening question to be able to understand, like, you're right. I'm maybe not treating myself the best. So that's kind of what I have grown to understand about self-worth and what the definition of it is to me. But let's hop to a question that I kind of obviously can't ask you guys, but just kind of ask in general that is self-worth the same as loving yourself? What do you think? I mean, think about it. Like I personally feel like they go hand in hand, but here's, here's my take on it. Back in 2017, 2019, I would say I had very low self-worth and very low self-love. Now, let's go to 2019 to 2020. Very high self-love, but very unclear understanding of my self-worth. Now, let me kind of dissect that a little bit. If you listen to my last podcast, read my blog, etc., we kind of talked about um, one end of like my story, I would say, which is when I was really struggling going through a lot of things all at one time. And I feel like there generally it's kind of expected to have a low sense of confidence, esteem, low self-worth, low self-love, etc. But what I have not talked about is my 2019-2020 era. I was living a life of toxic positivity. Now, if you're not familiar with toxic positivity, some people don't believe in it. I definitely believe in it. It's very much just like being overly positive about anything, like not really always being real or having any idea of how to be real in a situation. It's kind of like if I was telling you like, oh, I was having a hard day and you said, oh, just be positive. Like you got this, you can do this. Like you're a superstar, that type of thing. Instead of, hey, you know, okay to have a hard day. And I'm sorry you're going through that. And I'm here if you need me, that type of thing. I feel like I was doing that a lot with myself, social media, etc. Don't get me wrong. Let me say that I love to spread positivity and I am not always real in situations. Like I love to always think of the best positive outcome. I really, truly do. But at that point in my life, it was such a toxic mindset to where it was like self-love. I felt like I needed to be reading every self-help book at all times of the day. I needed to be listening to a podcast every single morning or else all the information would just leave my mind, you know? I needed to be journaling and I literally... I'm sorry, but I hate journaling, writing, journaling. I love to type stuff out on a computer and just like get my thoughts out, but I hate journaling. It makes my hand hurt. I don't like the page. I I just don't like it. I don't like guided journal. I don't like any part of it. You know, I'm not somebody who wakes up and writes my three intentions for the day. I have tried going to bed and writing like five good things from the, like I've tried. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I still try to like go over things I'm grateful for in my mind, but I, I can't do all of that. And so it was almost this toxic cycle to where this like self-love journey I felt like I had so much self-love but all of these supplemental things I was doing felt so obligational like it felt like a chore to journal in the morning when literally people are just like oh go journal you know like you'll feel better you know no 
I was doing all of the things I could imagine to be in love with myself. I had this fun Instagram. I was using presets. I was doing literally whatever to feel and portray that I was on this self-love journey. But what I wasn't doing was actually healing. I had this idea that I loved myself so much and I was so sacred and like my own energy was so sacred that I could not let anybody in. I wasn't going on dates. I wasn't spending time with people I didn't want to spend time with, which are all really great things, but it got to a point where it was not healthy. I wasn't actually setting boundaries. I was masking what would be boundaries as, oh, I just love myself. I'm on this self-love journey, which I feel like it might be kind of hard to understand, but also maybe you kind of know what I'm saying. But yeah, at that point, I just was so carefree, whatever, to an extent where I was not doing any of the real healing. Like I wasn't going to therapy yet because I had thought that, oh, I'm all good. Like I've read all these good books about how to cure my sadness and be all good. And so that's what I am. You know, I wasn't doing all the deep stuff. I would cry and I would just be like, nope, stop crying. Things are going to be good. You need to have a good day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not feeling any of these emotions because I am just masking it with this so-called fake positivity. So kind of to round through that after I would say quarantine. Yeah, honestly, after quarantine, I was already in therapy by that time. And I kind of as most of us might have lost a sense of purpose in quarantine. Um, When I was in my little phase of being carefree, fun, whatever, I was going out all the time. Like I always got dressed up. I always looked cute. You know what I mean? Like I always felt good. I was going to work in these cute outfits, like doing all these things. Like I was lifting, I was working out all the time. I felt good, you know, all the things. And then we got in quarantine. And like I said, a ton of you can probably relate to this, but For me personally, quarantine was a very eye-opening experience, and I know that might sound kind of dramatic, but for me, I remember one specific situation where I was sitting on the ground, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no purpose. Everything has been stripped from me and everybody, you know? Work was closed, school was closed, gyms were closed, obviously bars, all the fun scenes were closed. So right there, I started eating a lot of food as we all did in quarantine. So I obviously started getting a little weight because I was going on runs and stuff, but I wasn't like going to lift and doing my normal things. Just doing at home workouts, which was great for the time being, but it's like I couldn't lift. So there goes that part of my so-called identity. I couldn't go hang out with my friends. There goes that part of my so-called identity. I couldn't go out. There went that part. I couldn't go to school and even like interact with people or work and interact with people. Social interaction. There goes that part of my identity. And I remember feeling so lost because I was like, literally, what purpose do I have now that I'm stuck in this house? And that for me was so eye-opening because it really made me kind of sit there and dissect like all this self-love stuff that I was doing. Was this really self-love or was this like masking it because life was going good at the time? That's when I kind of shifted my focus a little bit, I would say. I started talking to my therapist about it and she really helped me through it to know that what I was finding in my identity was not my self-worth. The way I was appreciating those attributes was different than how I should be and how I would say I am now. 
Because while I stated that, yes, like relationships, social interaction, time, all those things are a huge part of my self-worth now, they play such a different role than they did at that point. Because at that point in my life, I was just going with it. It was all fun. Everything had to be good in those. But I was not putting any work into healing and making sure that on my part, those attributes were also good. But I talked a lot to my therapist about it and she explained how important it is to find a balance in that. I had that one extreme side of not important at all back in 2017, 2018. Then I had another extreme side when it was almost too important, you know? So I started talking to her a lot about that and now I feel like I'm kind of on more of a level playing field where I can separate situations and parts that I thought were my identity from my actual self-worth and how I feel. So I kind of want to talk about a little bit how I did that. And let me preface by saying like that wasn't easy, you know, like learning how to balance that out was not easy because yes, while I feel like while I was diving into like all this self-love and self-care and all those things that's really awesome but I feel like you get to a certain point with all that where like I said it becomes obligational or you just plateau and I was doing both like it was becoming obligational simultaneously while plateauing to where yeah like I have reached this point of self-love but is this what it's supposed to feel like so kind of while I discussed that my therapist helped me through a lot of this and a lot of learning how to balance it I would say there were a few things that we really had to dive into in order to get kind of where I'm at with how I feel about myself and being semi-level-headed. I feel like now self-worth to me is defined more so as how like keeping stable ground in most situations. So for that, that means if I were to not be able to work out again, while I would be very sad, I would be okay because I have self-worth to know that like that does not define me. Same with my friendships. Would I be so very sad if a friend and I fell out? Yes, but I eventually would be okay because I have that threshold now. Jobs. If I lost a job, etc., would I be so very sad? Yes. But all of these things I no longer let define me. Don't get me wrong. They're all amazing attributes in my life, but I do not let them define me anymore. I mean, my body image. Like, if I gained a little weight, would I be a little sad? Yes. But am I going to let it define me? No. A few things that I had to do to get there. Obviously, working with my therapist, like I've stated multiple times. But the first step was realizing that sometimes you have to really not like where you are in order to move forward. Everybody has a threshold of discomfort. So for some people, it's a really big threshold. For some people, it's not a really big threshold. You know, I guess for an example, I would say with weight loss, I feel like that's the easiest like visual. If somebody gains 100 pounds, but has their threshold set at 101 pound, they're not going to start eating right and going to the gym until they hit that 101 pounds. But there could be somebody that has a 20 pound threshold or a five pound threshold. They gain five pounds. It's fine, but they're not uncomfortable enough until they hit six pounds. So you, it's not your job to level out and base somebody else's discomfort. For me, 
my threshold of discomfort is very low now because I know the things that I deserve and I know how I care about myself. So I will not stay in a situation or an environment that does not curate and meet to my needs how I need them to anymore. Some people will. 2017 me, she did. She stuck there for two years and that's okay because she didn't know and she learned. So the biggest thing is figuring out where your level of discomfort is and not trying to figure out other people's because that's the biggest thing with me that used to frustrate me so much is not understanding why someone didn't want to change. I would look at like somebody I was close to or somebody I loved and I would be like, why do they not want to change? Like whether it was something bad they were doing or, you know, whatever it may be. I was like, literally, why do they not want to change? Like, aren't they just like so miserable, like, et cetera. But it's not my, it's not my place to judge their level of discomfort. They might be really comfortable where they are, but they're not uncomfortable enough at least to make a change. And it's not my responsibility to do it for them. So that was the biggest thing is taking that aspect of control out of my own identity because that was filing into my self-worth. So if somebody else didn't want to change just because I felt like they should want to change, just because they didn't doesn't mean that my efforts weren't there. It doesn't mean that I was a bad friend or about, you know what I mean? So the biggest thing is just realizing that sometimes you have to really not like where you are to move forward. And it's not really your place to figure out where that point is for anybody. Second step, I would say, is evaluating your environment. So a lot of things that I talked about with my therapist was kind of taking inventory on your environment. So while sometimes your environment is out of your control, to a certain extent, I would argue that. When I was at Mizzou, like I was in a place where I had kind of went through some really tough things. And so at that point, I had personally decided that like there was not room for me to grow in that environment. You know, like I listened to a podcast with Trent Shelton and it's like Trent Shelton and Ed Milet. And he was talking about how you can't put a palm tree in the middle of Alaska as you can't put an iceberg in the middle of Florida. You know what I mean? Like there are these environments for you to grow. And there are also these environments that just make it really debilitating to grow. Like I said, that's not always in your control, but being able to find that balance is super important, whether it be a city you live in, a house you live in, um, a room, like at least having a small place that is your environment. I think the biggest thing when evaluating your environment is seeing if it makes you happy. So asking yourself a few questions, um, asking yourself, is this environment bringing me peace? Is it keeping me neutral or is it hurting me? And if it's keeping you neutral, then it's kind of like, okay, let's evaluate the pros and cons of that and see if that's contributing to how I feel about myself or my self-worth, et cetera. If it's bringing you peace, great. That's awesome. And that's probably where you should be and you should thrive. Um, if it's hurting you, whether it be an environment that's a physical environment or a mental environment with a relationship, et cetera, that's something you need to evaluate and take inventory on because that could definitely be contributing to how you're feeling about yourself and your overall self-worth. And then when it comes to environment as well, I have also talked a lot to my therapist about external validation. This is kind of a spinoff of environment, but hear me out. When it comes to external validation, I kind of talked about earlier how I was always 
looking for this external validation, whether that be like 2017, 2019 me or 2019, 2020 me, I was always looking for this external validation. And I feel like within the last year, I've really kind of like honed in and been like, you know what, I want to do what I want to do, whether that's what I post on Instagram, who I get advice from, who I trust, etc. And I actually had a conversation with my therapist super recently about this. And she asked me to name off a few people that I would trust. I came like trust with anything to give advice to, to receive advice to all the things like trust wholeheartedly. I listed about four people and now I have this like guiding question almost to where if it's anything advice related or anything like that, I always ask myself, is it of the four people? What does that mean? And how does this relate to self-worth? It relates to self-worth because external validation for me was always very debilitating. So if it was good validation, it was really encouraging. If it was bad validation, then it was very debilitating. Like if somebody said something mean about something I post, whatever it may be, like either way, it was affecting me way too much to where like, I was like, what I post on Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, like it sh- I should not be in a bad mood if somebody has negative commentary to say about it because I'm like it doesn't matter because it's not their it's not their site to post on you know like you have your own snap you have your own social media post on that you know and post whatever you want but my biggest thing was like why am I finding worth in people either liking or not liking a photo or commenting or not commenting on a photo so for me I'm at this age now where I'm getting questions about graduation, questions about post-grad advice, like unsolicited advice about post-grad and life in general, you know, like, oh, like just all the questions about relationships, friendships, where I'm going, if I'm moving, if I'm doing like all these things to where I got to a point where it was very hard for me. I felt like I needed to always justify what I was doing and making sure it was okay with everyone I was telling, you know, like, say I meet a woman at the grocery store and she's like, oh, cool. Like you go to blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you doing after school? Blah, blah, blah. And while there's no ill intention when people are asking you about certain things or giving you unsolicited advice, it's also none of their business to be completely honest with you. So my biggest thing is using this, is it of the four people? Um, So now if I get advice about post-grad, I just say thank you. And I don't really let it hurt me or help me unless it is something that I would have a good takeaway from. If it's something a little bit negative or something that I can't really analyze, I just ask myself, is this of the four people that I trust? And if it's, if there, if it's not anybody coming out of that four people that I trust giving me this advice or statement, then I take it for what it is. I take it face value. I say, thank you very much. And that's kind of that. And that might not make sense to a lot of people. Hopefully it does, but it just helps me to not get so like butthurt about somebody else's opinion. Um, if it's opinion, if it's an opinion that I don't typically value and trust, then why would I take it now over something that I'm feeling sensitive about in myself? So give or take that, take it how you want it. That's kind of a tool that I use. Another thing that kind of helped me into finding a higher level of self-worth is changing your language. And I will say this is the most transformative one for me. If I'm being completely honest, changing my language has been such a crazy step. And it's so interesting because now anytime I hear people 
talking. I just like evaluate their language about themselves. And it's almost this like sense that I can just kind of feel out. So enough rambling, kind of explain what that means to you. How you speak about yourself matters so much. You have no idea. Back in 2017, 2019, when I was being so mean to myself, like I couldn't catch a break. So think about it. If you are constantly filling your mind with these negative thoughts and negative, like this negative energy towards yourself, then that is exactly what your body and mind are going to fuel up with. Your mind is only hearing negative things and only learning negative things. That is all that it's going to be able to cycle through. If you're somebody who constantly is calling yourself ugly, fat, stupid, this, that, if you always have that narrative about yourself, then your brain literally is never getting a break. And I know that's hard because I feel like these days we're conditioned to like not really like things about ourselves, which is so interesting to me because why? You know, when did we switch to this like, okay, let's not like ourselves type thing. So having good language towards yourself is so important. And it's also not easy. Like, to be completely honest, I, it took me a lot of time and effort to get to a point where I was having good conversation with myself, all felt a little forced at first. And now I feel like it's so conditioned to where, while yes, I don't always have like the best days and how I feel about myself, but I, again, know that it's just a thought. It's just a feeling like it's not true so for example like I can literally wake up one morning feel great about my body and be like oh my gosh you're kind of looking good girl like go for it later that night oh my gosh what is this but I don't let that define me and what I actually can do is I can say out loud I can change my language in that moment and say hey remember this morning when you felt super great well guess what you didn't change that much in the last 12 or so hours so let's give ourselves a break okay it's a lot of that and I know it sounds a little bit weird but it's literally a lot of talking out loud to myself I remember I used to fall asleep in the sorority house and I would like I told some girls in my sorority this and they were like oh, okay cool I guess that might work but I literally, when I was in like a huge state of really disliking my body, I would think my body parts, like I'd be laying in bed and I would like put my hand on my legs and I'd be like, thank you for moving for me. Like, thank you for getting me from place to place. Or I would put my hands on my stomach, which was like a huge insecurity for me. And I'd be like, you know, I know that I'm sometimes mean to you, but thank you for operating as you should and like doing all the things for me that you should. And like, I'm very appreciative of that. And it sounds like literally so corny. And if you're laughing on the other end, then like, just hear me out. It is honestly a very special moment where I was like befriending these parts of myself, whether they be externally or internally that I didn't really like and saying like, Hey, let's change this talk that we're having. Let's, let's kind of talk. And the way that plays into self-worth is because like I said earlier, it's all about becoming friends with yourself. So being able to build that relationship with yourself and make your own body and mind a safe and vulnerable place is so important. Like I I know that everybody wants to have these conversations with other people and I have a lot of friends that come to me for advice and that's really awesome and I'm always super willing. But the biggest thing I learned is sometimes you can have that conversation with yourself. If you befriend yourself and get to this certain point where you really value yourself and have a lot of self-worth, then you can have those conversations with yourself. You can talk yourself out of a bad moment, out of a bad day, out of a bad week sometimes, you know? Don't get me wrong, like talking to people is great, but sometimes you can do it for yourself. And that's like something really cool that I learned 
on this little journey of like self-worth, self-love. But anyway, back to changing my language. Yeah, so I was always talking to myself. It's weird, I get it, but I but I'm in that little era of balance now to where while I still have some days where I struggle with low self-confidence, low self-esteem, like poor body image, I can wake up, I can look in the mirror and sometimes it's a matter of just like looking in the mirror saying, "Hey, I may not like you today, but we're going to have to work this out." And that's what you do in relationships. That's what you do in friendships. That's what you do, you do at work, etc. Like you do these things for other people, but we always fail to do them for ourselves and wonder why we feel the way we do about ourselves. We're not stopping and having that conversation. We're not appreciating the small things about ourselves. You know, when I, 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 I mean, I still struggle with anxiety, but I would say 2020, like after quarantine and like cycling out of quarantine and the beginning of 2021, I had some of the worst anxiety attacks of my entire life. And just mornings where I would wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you again, you again, we are struggling with anxiety once again. And it, like I said, I still struggle But sometimes I can talk myself out of that now to where I can sit and almost recognize anxiety visually as something across from me and say like, hey, I know you're here. I'm acknowledging you. You're validated, but you're not real. You are not real and we're not going to do this. And it's literally, you know, I say this out loud. I know it is corny. I am going to keep saying that. I know it's silly, but genuinely it is so important and that's why i talk so long about like changing your language because it is so important if you always are saying you're stupid dumb ugly this to yourself then that is what your brain is going to believe so i challenge you within the next week week or two like don't say those things if you're about to say hey i'm ugly you're not you're what that is you need to like dive a little deeper you need to dive a little deeper and say okay maybe I'm not feeling my best today but that is okay because I know that that is separate from my actual self-worth and just try it try separating those things try making it those separate circles like it is life-changing and I'm going on and on about it because it's so crazy what the mind can do and also what the mind can allow you to do if you just train it that way So enough on that. The last thing that I kind of already have touched on, but want to touch on again is treating yourself how you would want to be treated. There's, I feel like this huge notion where it's like, treat others how you want to be treated. Well, what about treating yourself like that? Because I feel like generally we all kind of have, you know, pretty good manners. I mean, not, okay, not everybody, but generally you treat others pretty well. And I feel like we constantly fail to treat ourselves well and I also fail to realize is that's where it starts. Being able to feel good and treat others well and do your best and thrive in a good day is having that good relationship with yourself. So I always like to think of it as like, I try not to say or do anything to myself that I wouldn't want my best friend or boyfriend or someone really close to me to do to me. So would I want my best friend looking at me being like, oh, you're so fat and ugly. I mean, okay, that's a little extreme, but you know what I mean? I'm just trying to paint the picture here. But no, I wouldn't. So I don't say that to myself because a part of befriending yourself is literally acting like a friend to yourself. And don't don't say stuff to yourself that you wouldn't want to hear coming out of somebody else's mouth towards you. Think of all the obligations and people in your life. You expect them to do certain things. If you were to do those things and hold yourself accountable like you hold other people accountable for just one day, you will literally watch everything transform. And I can go on and on 
about different things that have helped me kind of define self-worth and help me get to this balanced state. But overall, key takeaways, feel what you're going through, you know, don't try to have this toxic, oh, everything's okay every single day. Feel what you're feeling. Go through that, really dive into why you're feeling like that and things that can help and go from there, you know? realize when you're uncomfortable, like realize when your discomfort threshold has hit it and you've got to figure something out. Change that language, evaluate your environment, treat yourself how you want to be treated by other people. We genuinely as a whole don't make our space and energy as sacred as we should. And you should be one of the top priorities in your life. You should fall under that umbrella of, oh, these are the most important people in my life and not in a selfish way or anything like that. But you want to care about yourself. Caring about yourself is fun. And being able to know yourself is really fun. And not being super confused. Back in quarantine, like I said, when things got stripped from me, everything was confusing because I just felt like I lost my identity because all the things that I defined as my quote unquote self-worth weren't actually my self-worth. What I really needed to do was dig a little bit deeper and figure out, okay, What do I value? What are the actual things about myself that I really want to hold sacred? How do I befriend myself a little bit more? And that's pretty much it. I, like I said, I could go on a tangent about this, but that's pretty much a little rundown I have for you guys today. And bear with me as we're going through this podcast. I know that I say like a lot. I try to go and cut out all the likes and ums that I say, but it doesn't always work and that's okay. Yeah. I just want to thank you guys again for listening. If you've made it this far and go out this week, change your language with yourself. That's the biggest thing. One of the biggest things and try to befriend yourself a little bit, see where it can take you and just try to cut yourself some slack a little bit more. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it may be. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.